Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants offensive line is terrible. It has been for years. It's been even worse somehow this season. The absence of Andrew Thomas for the majority of the year pretty much sunk the Giants season in general, but definitely sunk their offensive line play down to the bottom depths of the ocean. I mean, what we're seeing from the Giants on the offensive line, as Alex and I were just discussing before we started recording, there was a play where Marcus McKethan started running backwards and ran into Saquon Barkley. Like you're seeing a poorly coached unit here on the Giants offensive line. You're seeing bad performances week in and week out from the right tackle position, whether you're talking about Evan Neal looking like an absolute bust in year two of his career, or even if you're talking about the other guys that have rotated in there, like Tyree Phillips, who holds his own at times, but overall isn't a good football player. And in general, the Giants offensive line lacks good football players. And I also think that they lack a good coaching. Now, of course, the New York Giants are barreling towards a top pick in this upcoming draft. Maybe they draft a quarterback. Maybe they don't. A lot of fans don't want them to because they don't want to watch a quarterback get subject to this poor offensive line play for the next five years like Daniel Jones just was. That's a pretty interesting conversation that we're going to go ahead and discuss in today's episode. And of course, we just want to talk about the offensive line, where they can improve, how realistically can they turn it around by next season, and what the options are for them through the future. But before we dive into all this, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. So subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what are your thoughts on how bad this New York Giants offensive line has been this season? Well, we know the Giants offensive line is the worst in football by a pretty significant margin, and the injuries are running rampant once again. It seems like the same narrative every single year plays out. We lose this guy, we lose that guy, and suddenly we're in a really bad spot. The offensive line obviously has been a paramount issue for the Giants in terms of the degradation of Daniel Jones and a number of offensive players, the scheme. It's been a disaster, and it really all boils down to poor pass protection, injuries because of it, you know, Andrew Thomas going down in week one was the nail in the coffin, and we didn't even get started yet. Uh, So I do believe that right now the Giants are thinking to themselves, you know, are we going to draft a quarterback and how much impact negatively is this offensive line going to have on a young quarterback, which we will address very briefly because we are both in agreement here that not drafting a top quarterback prospect because, because your offensive line is poor is probably the dumbest thing you could do. Perfect example, Texans, bad offensive line last year, this year, they have a, their quarterback looks like an MVP caliber player because um, he's elevated everybody around him. Not to say that Daniel Jones can't do that, but he hasn't done that. So I do believe that um, at the very moment, at this very juncture, I am on the I am on the side of the fence that drafting a young quarterback with insane potential is of the best you know move, the best um, you know benefit to the Giants long term. So thinking about the offensive line we have currently, um, Andrew Thomas just got paid a stupendous amount of money. He is your left tackle, and he is a damn good left tackle when he's healthy. Um, He's been kind of injured a lot, but he's played through a lot of it. This year, obviously, wasn't able to do that, and I think that long-term he'll be fine. Uh, But unfortunately, that hamstring injury has just been bothering him quite a bit. He got rolled up on last week and the knee injury. He he didn't miss practice today. I know there was four players that missed practice with concussions, and then um, Neil with the the, uh, left ankle injury, which he may be 
you know, out for a couple of weeks. So, you know, you got Thomas long-term left tackle, the most important position aside from quarterback on offense. You're good there. Like you're good at left tackle, left guard. I actually think Ben Bredesen is a fine left guard. He is average. He is serviceable. Um, so I do think that we don't have to necessarily upgrade left guard. You could have Justin Pugh and Ben Bredesen battle it out in training camp uh, for the starting job there. I think that would be more than fine. Center, I like John Michael Schmitz. For what it's worth, um, and, and Anthony, I'll pass it off to you after this, John Michael Schmitz has been put in the worst possible position of all time as a rookie. Every single week, the guy has a new guard next to him. Marcus McKethan, you know, Mark Lewinsky, Justin Pugh, Ben Bredesen. You know, throw anybody out there you can think of. Um, I don't know, like Jalen freaking Mayfield. Like, How many guys has he played alongside that have been either below average players or haven't even played like many NFL snaps and when they do their liabilities? He's the key to, you know, funneling the information to the quarterback and he's done a fine job at that. The problem is he has no chemistry with anybody around him because every single freaking week, the offensive line is changing alignments again. So, you know, what are your thoughts about that? You know, obviously you can touch on Thomas if you want. We all know the answer there. He's our long-term left tackle. Uh, definitely curious to hear about left guard. And then John Michael Schmitz, I think the right side kind of deserves a, a couple of minutes from each of us um, on their own. Yeah, we'll wait before we dive into that disgusting right side of the Giants offensive line. But I don't think that the left side is all that bad. As you mentioned, I mean, Andrew Thomas is a franchise left tackle. He's an all pro level talent. Really, the problem with him is staying healthy. It hasn't just been a problem for him this year. Truthfully, it's been a problem for him throughout the entirety of his career. Uh, battled through an injury his rookie season. It was an ankle injury, I believe. Had surgery at the end of the year. Was able to play through it during the season. And I think he had a similar situation Pretty much every season, he's had some sort of injury that he's battled through. Um, last year, he had a little bit of an illness. I think his ankle was banged up once again. It's happened to him a lot where he gets banged up. He plays through it, and you respect that. But he does have a little bit of an injury bro injury bug that seems to keep biting at him every single season. And so there is a little bit of cause for concern there. But overall, I'm not concerned. I think that Andrew Thomas is one of the best, most talented 25 or younger players in the NFL right now. And I'm excited for him to continue to man down that blind side for the Giants for a long time, um, especially if they do bring in a young rookie quarterback. It's great to have a franchise left tackle protecting his blind side. That would be huge for the development of a new quarterback, fresh quarterback, getting in here with a new offensive line. Now, Ben Bredesen, like you said, serviceable starter. And honestly, that's all you need on your offensive line is serviceable starters at all five positions. What's wrong with the Giants is they keep finding guys who are just terrible to be starters at one of these five positions. That's what sinks an offensive line. But if you can get serviceable starters at all five of those spots, you can get by with an average offensive line. And Ben Bredesen, for what it's worth, is an average player. And I don't mean that in any bad way. I take, I'm saying that as a compliment. He is an average offensive lineman. And in this league, it is very difficult to be an average offensive lineman and to find average offensive linemen. Look around the NFL. There is bad offensive line play everywhere. Now, is it 2023 New York Giants bad for everybody? No, but it is bad for a lot of NFL teams and a lot of teams are getting by with average offensive lines and many of them are getting by with bad offensive lines because they do have great quarterback play who elevates and rises above that. So that's really the conversation for the New York Giants that we'll continue to dive into as we get closer to draft season. But looking at Ben Bredesen. As a serviceable starter, average player on your offensive line, that's a good thing to have. You retain him. You keep him around, in my opinion. And if you don't find some young guy who develops into a high-quality starter, you just keep sticking with Ben Bredesen. Then at the center position, like you mentioned, John Michael Schmitz, I was high on him pre-draft. I thought he was a great prospect. I still think those things. I'm still really high on him. He's had the 
worst hand possible dealt to him this season, like you mentioned, Alex. New starter at left guard one week. New starter at right guard the next week. Oh, new starter at both of those positions this week. It's always a constant revolving door to the left and to the right of, of uh, John Michael Schmitz. And not to mention, he dealt with an injury this season. He missed five weeks with a shoulder injury. And so he's banged up and he's probably playing through some pain and discomfort now that he's back on the field. So this rookie season has been a wash for John Michael Schmitz. It hasn't been his fault. Yeah, he's struggled at times, but everybody around him is struggling. And overall, I just think this is such a poorly coached unit. They make mistakes that you should never see offensive linemen make. It doesn't even make sense half the times how bad they're playing and the mistakes that they are making. And so really the larger conversation at play here, once we get to this right side of the offensive line that we want to dive into, Alex, it's really a larger conversation about how is this unit being coached? Why are they this bad? Why is it that nobody on this line other than Andrew Thomas can pick up a stunt or see a stunt coming? Why do they shift their protection the wrong way so frequently? Why are there all of these mental errors and mistakes, easy mistakes that could be coached out of them that haven't been coached out of them yet? That's the larger conversation here, I think, about this offensive line. And whether you want to place that blame purely on Ben Johnson, um, whether you want to place it on Brian Dable as well, Mike Kafka, I think it's a culmination of all those guys not doing their job properly this season. Season, but this offensive line is not just poorly talented because like we said, a lot of teams in the NFL get by with three quality starters. And I believe that the Giants have that with Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, and John Michael Schmitz. I think that that is a combo of three quality starters on the offensive line, which is more than what most uh, NFL teams have. I mean, take a look at the Miami Dolphins, for example. They've been without their franchise left tackle, Teron Armstead, all season, and they have three quality starters I would say on their offensive line and then they have a couple of other guys who are pretty below average and they're a great football team because they get the ball out of two Tangelilo's hands quickly they got speed in the receiving court to mask the deficiencies of their offensive line so for me the Giants have those three quality starters but nobody's playing up to that level of play that's good enough to get by because of the coaching in my opinion but again I think the coaching has really failed that right side of the offensive line that we're going to dive into Alex so I want to hear your thoughts on it this right side of this offensive line, right guard, is a constant revolving door for the Giants. We thought Glowinski could be a serviceable starter. We were wrong. He's been terrible. But really, that right tackle spot is the one to be so concerned about because the Giants invested a lot into Evan Neal. Are they going to move him into right guard? Maybe. Are they going to have to find a new right tackle in free agency or maybe at the top of the draft? Maybe. A lot of options there for that right tackle spot. But Alex, how are you feeling about the right side of that Giants offensive line? I think we're both in agreement. It's a disaster over there. What can the Giants do to make it better at this point? To make it better? Oh, that's a loaded question, right? Right guard, uh, I mean, Mark Lewinsky is gone. I mean, he didn't play last week for personal reasons. We don't know what they are. I hope everything is good with his family for what it's worth. Um, but he's gone after this season. We know this. We know this to be true. Um, right tackle, Evan Neal, can we trust him? Easy answer is no. We've seen like slight improvements over the last couple of weeks, but now he's starting to become injury prone. Um, you know, maybe it's too early to say that. He did miss a lot of time last year with an MCL injury. He's had a right ankle and now a left ankle injury this season. So um, I'm a bit concerned that we can even trust him to be a healthy player for us, let alone a quality right tackle. And if he's not playing consistently, he's never going to get to where he needs to be. So right now, I am completely in the boat of transitioning him to right guard next season and letting him compete there with whatever it be a draft pick or whether it be um, a free agent signing. It's going to be a pretty competitive space. Teams don't let good offensive linemen go very often. And the Giants need, they absolutely need to hit on some mid-round mid, uh, offensive linemen at some point. They can't keep missing, man. I mean, Josh Azudu, 
he was he was just bad at left tackle and he wasn't supposed to be playing there we know that but um you know he 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 struggled he's more of a guard uh let's see what happens you know Marcus McKethan he has not looked good I don't trust that he's going to be a good player for us long term at least I haven't seen what I need to see Justin Pugh I, I would love to bring him back if he's willing but we'll see how that goes right now I just don't necessarily know what the answer is because the Giants just can't go out and either trade and sign two starting level players at right guard and right tackle. Like it's going to be, it's a lot harder to do, um, you know, than just going out as, you know, like you've said in the past, not Madden. You can't just go and sign everybody. So I don't think you can just sign a right tackle and a right guard. Maybe you can sign one of those, one of those positions you can upgrade in, in free agency, but you're going to have to hit on a draft pick at some point, right? Um, you're going to need to find a mid round guard to plug in there at an average level. Now, I'll ask you this, Anthony. Do you think that the Giants will look to the draft to solve that need? Or do you think they'll look to free agency for right tackle, right guard? Maybe they maybe they transition the older right guard and they have him compete with somebody that's like a mid-level type of guy and not gonna spend not gonna cost a lot. And then they address right tackle with a big free agent signing, or you know, go after someone in the second round. They think they could develop into a, a good player there. But again, you're still like starting off from scratch with a rookie, and that could be problematic in 2024 with a rookie quarterback, perceivably. Yeah. And so I think that's what you, the point you just made right there is like, so a lot of Giants fans keep saying draft an offensive tackle this year. You got to fix the offensive line and then draft the quarterback the following year. First of all, you don't know what quarterback's going to be available the following year. Second of all, you're starting from scratch with a young offensive lineman. Like everybody's like reinforce this offensive line, draft in the top 10, a top offensive tackle for Daniel Jones next season. So you want another rookie who has never played at this level. You're expecting him to step in and be this franchise offensive tackle off the bat. Andrew Thomas wasn't even that. Most offensive tackles don't step in the NFL and make that kind of an impact when they first set foot in the league. So you're still not even giving Daniel Jones the help that he needs if you draft the offensive tackle with the top 10 overall pick. That's not how it works. Like I Even Rashawn Slater, great offensive tackle for the Chargers, had his struggles as a rookie. Penny Sewell, offensive tackle for the Lions, had his struggles as a rookie. Yeah, they're great players now, but if you're talking about getting Daniel Jones the pieces to succeed in 2024, drafting an offensive tackle with a top 10 pick doesn't do that for you. Drafting one in the second round also doesn't do that for you. So if you are looking for offensive linemen who are going to make an impact this season, you have to look at free agency. The Giants need to go ahead and sign somebody of a high quality that could start immediately and make an impact. Now, I'm not saying that they need to go out there, spend $20 million per season, or trade a first-round pick or a second-round pick to get a guy like what the Dolphins did for Teron Armstead a couple seasons ago. They traded for him. I think they gave up a first-round pick for him, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was a second. Um, and then they paid him a boatload of money. Yeah, that's one route that the Giants could take to find a new right tackle for the future. You could go after an established veteran. They've got two second-round picks, so maybe they trade one of those away, gets a long-term answer at the right tackle solution um, or right tackle position. That could be the solution there. That would be an interesting way to go about it. Or you go into free agency and you sign an above-average offensive lineman. You probably overpay him because he's a free agent and there's going to be a bidding war and a large market for a starting offensive tackle. But that's what the Giants need to do. If they're talking about fixing the offensive line, getting a competent unit out there next season, you're talking about signing a free agent. It's not about drafting somebody. And for what it's worth, you said there, 
like Josh Azidu, Marcus McKethan, not future starters on this team. In my opinion, I don't necessarily agree. I don't think that we've seen enough from them to, to make a determination one way or another because the same way that we were saying John Michael Schmitz has struggled this season because there's so much bad around him. I feel the same way about Josh Azidu and I feel the same way about Marcus McKethan. Marcus McKethan was injured all of last year. This was his rookie season. He got thrown into the fire. He needs more time to develop and I think he's poorly coached right now. But I think that if you give Josh Azidu and Marcus McKethan the proper coaching, there's probably something to develop there and make them average offensive linemen at some point in their career. So I wouldn't give up on those guys either. But would I keep drafting mid-round offensive linemen? I would, but I would stop doing it with the expectation from the Giants and Giants fans that these mid-round offensive linemen are stepping in to make an impact in years one or two. A lot of mid-round offensive linemen don't make an impact until years three, four, maybe even five. It takes a long time for these 21-year-old offensive linemen playing at a completely different competition level to adjust to going up against 35-year-old NFL veterans that weigh 360 pounds and move faster than any of us move. Like It takes a while for them to adjust to that and to develop into quality starters. And the Gi- the Giants have been patient with some players. They haven't been patient enough with other players. But really overall, I think Giants fans lack severely lack patience with these guys. If it was up to a lot of Giants fans, Andrew Thomas was a bust after the first season, and we would have never had him as a starting left tackle or as as a, a long-term franchise left tackle solution. So I just think you need patience with these guys like Josh Azito, Marcus McCathan. They shouldn't be thrown into the wolves, and we shouldn't criticize them too hard for struggling in this lost season where everybody on the Giants stinks. I think these guys can be quality starters one day, but I wouldn't bank on them being your starters next season. Next season, I would go ahead and bring in quality veterans that you know can compete and give you 17 games of at least average football because that is good enough. And the notion of thinking that you're bringing in a rookie offensive lineman to fix the offensive line, it doesn't work like that. They don't get it done year one. They need time to develop. So if the Giants want to put a good offensive line in front of any quarterback, whether you're talking about Drake May, Caleb Williams, or Daniel Jones, you are talking about getting a veteran offensive lineman who can step in and make an impact from day one, not a rookie, because that kid is going to struggle throughout his rookie season. He's going to be vulnerable at times where you need him to be locked down against the pass rusher. That's not what the Giants need. They need to go into free agency or on the trade market, and they need to find a starter, veteran offensive lineman to patch up this offensive line overnight. It's not going to get done by a rookie. That's my opinion. Um, Listen, you can disagree with me, and Alex, maybe you do. Maybe you think that certain starting offensive tackles step into the NFL, make that kind of an impact. But personally, I think that this is an option for the Giants this offseason where they really need to look at the free agency market and maybe even the trade market. What are your thoughts about that? You know, kind of searching, getting creative, potentially going after a starting offensive tackle through the trade market like we saw the Chiefs. Um, They did that a couple seasons ago, Orlando Brown. And again, the Dolphins with Teron Armstead. That seems to be a way that some of these higher upper echelon uh, football teams are finding their offensive tackles now is trading for them on the trade market um obviously giving up a premium to get those players but what do you think about that do you think that's something that the giants could maybe entertain now that they have the second second round pick look i mean if we were like a right tackle away from like becoming a really good team i'd say yeah that sounds like a good idea leverage one of your draft picks for a player like that maybe like that's one or two years removed uh, or, or away from being a free agent i could see that being viable 
but at this current juncture, I think free agency is our best bet. Because look, if you're going to reset that rookie window with a quarterback, you can afford to spend the money. And I think that's the point here I want to get across is that it's just money. It's not draft capital. It's not uh, building the foundation. You're just spending money around that rookie window. And here's a couple, two players I actually think would be good fits for us, um, Anthony. Um, the first one being Trent Brown. He's going to be the best tackle on the market, most likely. Obviously, we would preferably land him. But again, risk. There's, he's going to get overpaid, as you said. Uh, they're going to get overpaid. He's been a left tackle, but he's also been a very decent right tackle in the past. Lots of experience. Um, you know, originally drafted, I believe, uh, by the 49ers back in 2015. You know, he was uh, a seventh round pick. So, you know, you see good teams develop players that maybe shouldn't have been uh, altogether that great. And, you know, he's a fine player. Um, He's going to get overpaid a little bit. But again, if he's going to provide slightly above average right tackle play, maybe it's worthwhile to spend the money. The second player here, and this is what I really think the Giants should be doing. I think Joe Shane does a good job of this, is identifying players that may be like veterans or, you know, smaller contract guys. I actually would consider bringing back Kevin Zeitler. Um, I really liked Kevin Zeitler during his time with the Giants. He was a very solid player. We got rid of him. That was one of the biggest mistakes that we made. Um, he has been excellent with the Ravens. And this year, he has been a phenomenal pass blocker at right guard. You want to bring in a veteran who's going to do a good job for you in pass protection? Kevin Zeitler is the guy. You want him uh, to help that rookie, you know, John Michael Schmitz going into his second year? He is going to lock it down with him. You want a guy that's going to be a veteran next to him, maybe a potential rookie or younger right tackle? Kevin Zeitler is a veteran that's going to help push that offensive line along. And to be quite frank, the guy stays healthy. He's played, he's going to be on, he's already on pace for four consecutive seasons with over a thousand snaps over his last, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Over his last seven seasons, he's had over a thousand snaps in six of them. And the only one he didn't have over a thousand snaps was with the Giants back in 2019 and 991. He's a tremendous pass blocker. He's a good enough run blocker, and he's going to be much cheaper because he's going to be 34 years old next year. What do you think about that type of signing? I think that's a much cheaper alternative. He's not going to get a long-term deal. Those are the type of signings the Giants can make to help smooth over that position while they develop and transition guys into that spot long-term. Yeah, I mean, those are the signings that I like to see the Giants make. A guy like Kevin Zeitler, you know what you're getting. You're getting quality football for the full 17 weeks of the season, um, and that's what the Giants need. Like, that's really the point that I'm making here is that taking chances on these rookies and expecting them to develop day one and be quality starters, you get a veteran like a Kevin Zeitler who steps in at right guard and gives you those 17 games and gives you high-quality football. That's what you want as the New York Giants. That's how you get the impact from day one that's how you improve your running game overnight that's how you give your quarterback more time in the pocket the first season that he steps onto the football field if you're drafting a rookie you don't do it by drafting offensive linemen and getting mid-round picks to develop you got to get those quality starters to step in from day one and make an impact and i think that a guy like kevin zeitler makes a lot of sense for what it's worth jonah williams offensive tackle for the cincinnati Bengals. he's a right tackle He had a little bit of a dispute, wanted to play left tackle for the Bengals. They said, no, you're playing right tackle. He wanted out. He was seeking a trade. But then he ended up having a career year um, at right tackle. And maybe this career turnaround that he's having could, you know, spark some interest from teams like the Giants. This is a veteran guy now who you could start at right tackle. And then maybe you explore the option of moving Evan Neal into guard or giving up on Evan Neal if you really want to. I think there's a lot of options out there for the Giants. But yeah, Alex, I like the idea of bringing in a veteran offensive tackle who you know is a quality player and who you don't have to wait to develop. You just know that he's going to step out there. He's been doing it for years. He's going to keep doing it for a couple more years. 
sign him on a one-year, two-year deal, whatever, and just let him go out there compete as a quality starter. That's what the New York Giants need. That's not only going to benefit Daniel Jones if they go with him, but it will benefit a rookie offense or a rookie quarterback as well if they decide to draft one at the top of this year's upcoming draft. So I think that it's going to be a little bit of a project for the Giants this offseason, but as we discussed, Alex, I think there are a lot of options for this team to bolster this offensive line and at least put something decent on the field next season. But really, like I said, I think it starts with coaching. This is a really poorly coached unit. They make a lot of stupid mental errors, make a lot of mistakes that they just shouldn't be making. And I think it all does come down to the fact that they're poorly coached. Again, whether you want to blame Dable, Johnson, Kafka, there's a lot of problems out there for the Giants and their coaching staff this season. And that's what really needs to get worked on in the offseason. They got to fix the coaching so that they can start to develop some of these young guys. I don't want to see John Michael Schmitz get ruined by poor coaching the same way Evan Neal seems to be getting ruined by poor coaching. So that would be my main takeaway here. This conversation, Alex, yes, go out there, sign some veteran offensive linemen and free agency, but also get the right coach in place to coach and develop this unit and make sure that they're all on the same page communicating properly and giving you 17 weeks of good offensive line play that's what the new york giants need to prioritize in the offseason but that pretty much wraps this one up make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you listen on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants but without further ado we'll catch you all on the next one have a good one and let's go giants